Welcome to this second off-season episode of Bruce Monin's Computer Points. I am Bruce Monin, your host. Joining me, as usual, is my co-host, executive producer, and occasional chauffeur, Rebecca Monin. A new title. It's a big day here for us. We just had a major trip to the northern reaches of this great country of ours. We sure did. Almost all the way up to the border. And since I don't drive, it's a good thing Rebecca was along, right? (laughs) And mom. That was 12 hours that I did not want to do on my own. (laughs) Uh, But we got it done. And now I've seen Minnesota and Wisconsin. Well, I'd seen Wisconsin before. You've seen Wisconsin. Minnesota. Check a new state off the list, huh? Just barely. Yeah, when you go to Minneapolis, you're you're not seeing a lot of Minnesota. <laughs> no, you could probably extrapolate based off of Wisconsin, though. Yes, <laughs> I would guess you're pretty much on target. <laughs> but anyway, we have news on the high school football front. Ooh. But I have to admit, I kind of like this early summer thing, off-season time. No pressure on the high school football stuff yet. Just kind of taking care of it as it comes around. Concentrating on my two other great passions. Which would be? Yeah, Rebecca looks at me and says, what are those? (laughs) You do things other than football? Is board gaming in there? Yes, competitive board gaming, of course. Okay. (laughs) Guess the other one? I've been Bicycling? Cycle, bicycle racing. You better believe it. All right, good. I still know my father. Yes. So my competitive board game, I'm actually on a on a major victory run these days and in some games that I usually just play to practice for the big world <laughs> board gaming championships. But I am on a run right now, baby, so I'm feeling good, which probably means I'm going to crash and burn come July. But, you know, it's the chance you take, right? Yeah. And thanks to Rebecca, who set me up with a VPN the other day, I was sure able to watch the Tour of Italy three-week bike race on Australian television stations. I'm sure no one out there watched it with me. I'd love to discuss it with you. It was quite exciting, but since I know... I mean, if we get an Australian audience, they may have. Yes, I don't know why we would. I, To be honest, I don't know why we'd get an Indiana audience, so Australia (laughs) seems like a stretch. Yes, it would be. Yes, it would be. So anyway, earlier this month, well, let me change that. Early in the month of May, we've switched months. Yes, we have switched months. So early in the month of May, the Ohio High School Athletic Association released the competitive balance numbers. Wow. And the effects that these will have on which divisions some schools will be competing in this coming football season. That's a, a big and impressive name for numbers. Yes, it is. The Ohio High School Athletic Association, they only really recalculate a school's enrollment every two years because that's a lot easier than doing it every one year. That's the only reason I can think of why they only do it every two years. And this is not one of those years. So we should see everyone in the same division and region as last year, you would think, right? Yeah. However, they do recalculate their competitive balance numbers every year. Again, You figure the reasoning. I gave up years ago. So recap, they only do the enrollment every two years, but they do the balance every year. Yes. And we'll get into that in a second here. I'm going to try to explain competitive balance. Okay. It's going to be tough because I don't totally understand. (laughs) That's a good place to be coming from. I did a little research. 
and I still don't totally understand, but we're going to give it a shot. It'll surprise none of you that I also have no idea what this is. Okay. According to the Ohio High School Athletic Association website, it says that, and I quote, competitive balance is a process which makes, which makes modifications to how schools are placed into tournament divisions in some team sports. Clears okay. it up, right? That's incredibly general. So basically what they're saying is that for a public school, every player on the football roster who resides in a school district with at least one parent just gets counted normally. One person. Okay. No effect on competitive balance, okay? Does it say parent or does it say guardian? I know this isn't what it's about, but it like if, if they're adopted. I would guess I would guess it's guardian. Grandparent. I would guess you're right on that on that thing. Guardian probably counts. Legal guardian, I would guess, would be the legal guardian. The proper terminology, yes. Okay. I'm just guessing. But anyway. <laughs> but if there's a student on the football roster who came into the school due to an open enrollment type situation, they count as one extra student if they have been there since the seventh grade or earlier. So in other words, they count like they're two people instead of one. Okay. There's a, supposedly you gain some competitive advantage by having someone open enroll in and being on your football team. Okay. That makes some sense, I guess. Now, if this same person on the roster came in after seventh grade, so they didn't come in until eighth grade, or maybe they just came in as a senior, they count as three extra people on your enrollment count. So what I'm hearing is this counter is really assuming the only reason people change schools is to get an advantage in sports. Correct. (laughs) It's not always true. No, but it happens pretty frequently. It does happen, yes. But okay. So now I understand that fairly well. Sure. Yeah, I can follow that. Now let's get into the fun. Oh, boy. (laughs) For private schools, Uh, if a player attended that private school or its designated feeder school since the seventh grader before, mm -hmm. no problem. If the student enters the school after the seventh grade starts, but was in the same system of education, quotation marks, since before seventh grade, they count as one extra. Now, the, here comes a quiz. What is the same system? Of education. I have no clue. <laughs> is that like in big cities, there's a couple feeder schools that go into the same high school kind of system or private school to private school or county to count, same county? I Or if you're a Catholic school, can it only that only counts if they're from another Catholic school or is if you're does it count if they're from any private school if you're from a private school? I don't know, and I couldn't How find much? It. How much effort did you put into searching for system of education? A little bit. See, because I know there's some private schools that have many feeder schools, but they're only allowed to designate one as the one that's their specific counting feeder school here. So, of course, if someone transfers into a private school after seventh grade has started, they count as three extra then. Right. Now, there are a few private schools in the state that don't start till freshman year. Oh, as we'll see I guess later, that'd be where the feeder school comes in. As we'll see later, the champion is Cincinnati St. Xavier High School. Mm-hmm. Their comp- competitive balance number this year is 471. Okay. 
I do my math right, that means there has to be 157 players on their football roster who transferred in from other schools after seventh grade. So that has to be the entire football roster, doesn't it? You would think so. Now, of course, it doesn't matter because Cincinnati St. Xavier was Division One to begin with. So no matter what their number is, they're always going to be Division One. That's officially the competitive balance system as I interpret it. Okay. I think I mostly follow. So we're going to get to a couple examples here. Last year. Like examples. I'm good. Then I'm glad I have some for you. It's Last like we're doing year, story ooh. math problems. Story math problems. Yeah. Let's try to keep the math to a minimum, however. <laughs> Might so, alienate her audience. As soon as I say that, here comes some math, but it's a very small <laughs> numbers. Very small. Last year, I you probably remember this, Rebecca. Marion Local was in division six by one person on their count. Oh, yes. Over the line. They had a competitive balance number of five last year. Wait, 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 wait. Five total? Five total was how much got added to their enrollment. Oh, okay. Okay. Delta of five. Yes. Oh, so, oh, okay. So your competitive balance number isn't your enrollment plus these numbers already. It's just the addition to the enrollment. Right. Okay. And they add those together for the enrollment they use for determining divisions. So the competitive balance for Xavier of 400 something was really huge. Yes, it gets added to their total male enrollment in the school, which so is if you had probably, nobody uh, transfer whatsoever, your competitive balance would be zero. Exactly. Okay. Back to Marion Local. Number was five last year. That means they must have had two players who had been open enrolled at Marion Local since seventh grade or before, and one person who transferred in after the start of seventh grade. I have been told by people at Marion Local that this person who transferred in after seventh grade and got counted as three transferred back out before school started after they'd made the count. And so should never have been, had no effect on the team whatsoever, but cost them three extra on their enrollment number last year. <laughs> huh. So that's they, weird. So they probably should have been in Division Seven last year. Being the Division Six, six state champions, Division Seven is happy they weren't, I'm guessing. Yes, that is true. Guess what? This year, Marion Local's competitive balance number is one. Ah. So we are seeing the Flyers in Division 7 this coming year. I understand now why they shift divisions every year. Yep. By the way, the uh, internet in general has already proclaimed Marion Local to be the 2023 Division 7 state champions. Yeah, that's not a hard <laughs> prediction to make. Uh, I'm going to jump on that bandwagon and make that my official prediction as well. If I, if I was putting down money and I could only pick one team, that would probably be my favorite. I'm not going <laughs> to do that far. It's a long football season. Coach Goodwin is shaking his head at me right now. Yeah, <laughs> anything can happen, but the odds are pretty darn in their favor. There's a lot of other good teams there. It only takes one upset of six tournament, six playoff games. So True. Very true. So just for fun, I decided to look through the list of all competitive balance numbers in the state just to see if there was something interesting. Okay. Who doesn't just go through lists of numbers to look for interesting things, right? Keep in mind, not the teams we follow. He said the whole state. 700 and... 
10 or 20 teams, correct? The whole dang state. <laughs> but okay. I'm getting better, though. I can do it now by looking at the screen instead of printing it off and looking at the paper. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm advancing. I noticed the script, or at least the one you sent me, was pretty busy and also covers most of the page. Yes. Improvements. Improvements, indeed. <laughs> I went to the eye doctor this year. I've had almost a 5% improvement in my field of vision in the last year. <laughs> in one of my two eyes. <laughs> <laughs> improvement. Improvement. <laughs> oh, boy. So anyway, here's just a few schools with some interesting competitive balance numbers. In Division 7, Lowellville. Have you ever heard of Lowellville there, Rebecca? I haven't, but I'm guessing they don't pronounce every letter. Like Louisville? Louisville. Louisville. It could be. Lowell. Bill. They are a public school. Had a competitive balance number of 30. The biggest public school competitive balance number, Division 7. So considering their actual enrollment was only 62 boys, there seems to be a lot of movement into Lowellville for some reason. Uh, Well, it's on the Pennsylvania border. Maybe things aren't so good in Pennsylvania. Maybe it's people moving north and away from East Palestine. Oh, that really could be. That really could be. Rebecca. It really could be. You might have something there. I hadn't realized that. It's not next door, but it is in the same area. The ballpark, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I really could. Okay. Division 5, Canal Winchester Harvest Prep, a private school... Last I heard, there was a minister in charge of it who liked to brag about how good his football team is. They have a competitive balance number of 63. <laughs> That's a specific call out. Yeah. Is that they, a minister we happen to know? We happen to know. I've seen quotes from him in papers and in the internet through the years. He's uh, apparently not too popular among the non-private schools in the area. <laughs> Division four. Some people around here will remember Youngstown Cardinal Mooney. One of the teams that I believe Coldwater has run into, either Cardinal Mooney or Cardinal Ursuline or both. I think maybe both through the years. Cardinal Mooney has a competitive balance number of 102, which considering their base enrollment is 119, that's a pretty nice big number to add onto your enrollment, huh? Almost, true. Almost doubling it. Very true. Youngstown Ursuline, who I just mentioned, their competitive balance is 93. That causes them to move from Division 5 all the way up to Division 3. Oh, wow. So that rule causes them to have a oh, no. division jump. Yes. They might not enjoy this season. They may not. Or if all those people transferring in, if they're there to play football, maybe they'll enjoy it quite a bit. Maybe. If it's more East Palestiners, though, I, I, don't, I don't know. Always possible. We'll fly. We should maybe keep an eye on Youngstown Ursuline this year, just on just on the side and see how they're doing. Huh? Yeah, I we'll do care about. We'll remember that, right? <laughs> hey, dear listeners, tweet us when we forget to mention Youngstown Ursuline. <laughs> It'll help where, us keep on track. And where would they tweet us or email us at, Rebecca? Well, you can tweet us at Bruce Monin on Twitter. It's just Bruce Monin. There's no symbols or anything. It's apparently not a popular handle. Not even a space. Not even a space. I don't know if you can have a space in your handle on Twitter. I don't think Twitter. you can. I don't think so. Anyway, if you want to email instead of tweet, you can do that at 
bdmonin at nktelco.net. All righty. He's pretty, he's pretty active on the email. He'll see it right away. Oh, yes, I will. I can probably check it about 10 times a day, I'm guessing. It makes a fun dinging noise whenever he gets new emails. <laughs> but at least it doesn't have that voice that says, you've got mail. Does anyone have that? Or is that, that just a movie an, thing? I think that was an American America Online thing. Oh. AOL back in the day. Before my time. I think. That's why they made the movie what that movie. You've got mail. Yeah. Yes. Also before my time. Yeah, I've never seen it. Except I believe it might have been playing on Ted Lasso, one of the last two episodes. They're showing it to the team, I think. There was a rom-com. I don't remember which one it was. Yeah, it was. I think it had Meg Ryan. Anyway. I thought it, I thought that was um when Harry met Sally. I don't think so. Well, I've never seen either of them, so who am I to say? Okay. <laughs> Speaking of teams moving from Division 5 all the way up to Division 3, that also applies to Gates Mills Gilmore Academy. Their competitive balance number is 126. Around Minster, we know it as the team that fought the Minster girls for the state track championship in several years. Oh, that's a Cleveland team. Yes. Eastern uh, Cleveland. There's two Gates Mills Gilmore Academy and Gates Mills Hawken, two schools in Gates Mills, which I've never heard of that town, but I believe there is money there. It sounds it sounds kind of prestigious. Yes. Gates Mills. Gates lots Mills. of gated communities. Don't know what the mills are. Probably not any mills. They're probably not active anymore. Yeah. Anyway. And as I mentioned earlier, the champs were Cincinnati St. Xavier with a number of 471 and Cleveland St. Ignatius close behind at 392. But as I said, it doesn't really matter those schools. They were at the top of Division One, so one of the highest enrollment schools in the state before competitive balance numbers. So they're still up there, right? They're not like there's no divisions for them to move up into. There's a road in Gates Mills called Old Mill Road, so there might have been an old mill in there at some point. I would actually bet money on it. And it's on a river, so. Well, most mills were, weren't they? Yeah. Gotta gotta turn the, the millstone somehow. There's a All garden right. club. Garden club. And a local theater. Dang, this is kind of a nice looking town. Stables? There's horse stables. Yeah, they've got money. Rebecca Monin, future residents of resident of Gates Mills, Ohio. Say what you will about rich people. They know how to build a town. <laughs> or a series of private estates. As long as they have a good bakery. Mm, uh, and I'm a coffee mind. shop. I will invade a town for a coffee shop. Okay, so we did all that general stuff there, right? One more fun fact about Gates Mills. Ooh, thank you. It's right next to the University Farm which is a 400-acre property run by Case Western for mm -hmm. educational farming use. I never picture Case Western as a farming university. I didn't either. They're pretty mm. smack dab downtown. but yeah. 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 Fun fact. That sounds like something that somebody with more interest than us should research and let us know, I would think. We should ask my cousin who does educational farming about it. Yeah. And her family isn't that far from Gates Mills. They're not. We ought to be able to find this out. <laughs> what else are relatives good for? Right. <laughs> Fun, random, useless facts. Our so, relatives don't even need to ask us. They just listen to this podcast. <laughs> okay, back to it. Back to us. 
Now, for our particular podcast here, we don't deal in the entire state, at least not till playoff time, right? Right. So for the 82 11-man football teams in our coverage area, there are four teams changing divisions or regions for the coming season. We only have to worry about four changes. Number one, Bluffton. They were Division 5 last year in Region 18. They are dropping down to Division 6, Region 22. So either their competitive balance number went down or enough other people's went up that the line moved. One of the other. happened? Yep. Next one, Covington. They were in Division 6, Region 24 last year. They are moving down to Division 7, Region 28. Probably a blessing for Covington after they canceled much of last season due to a lack of players. Mm, yeah. They probably belong more in Division 7 this year, I would think. Our third team, Marion Local. We've already discussed them in depth. And a fourth team from Henry County, Ohio, Patrick Henry, the Patriots. The Patriots. Dro- dropping down from Division 6, Region 22 to Division 7, Region 26. And I'm saying it now. Keep an eye on those Patriots. They went seven and five last year, but they are the smallest team by far in their conference. I think they were the only Division Six team last year, and now they're in Division Seven. So they are playing all bigger schools in their conference. They were, oh yes, okay. I was interpreting conference as a division, and that oh. made no sense. <laughs> but yeah, I follow. We're good. <laughs> Their conference losses last year came to Division Four Bryan, uh-huh. Division Four Wasion, and Division Five Liberty Center. So during the season, they're probably going to lose a few games, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they're probably not going to be ranked because the people that do the voting for such things will look at them and say, "Hey, they lost a few games. We only vote for undefeated teams and one-loss teams and stuff like that." Right. But with sixteen teams making the playoffs in each region, they'll get in. And then suddenly they'll be playing all these teams from schools that are so much smaller than they've been playing all year. And they just might put together a nice streak of victories come playoff time. Interesting. So that's my way early preseason prediction. Keep an eye on Patrick Henry. If my memory lasted longer than three days, I would do that. But alas, I'll need to write it down somewhere. By the way, we're still well over a year away from... All things political, but I have my first political ad here, Rebecca. I knew this was coming, and I'm still shocked and a little bit offended that you'd start political advertising this early. Well, I believe this election is in 2023, I believe. Oh, okay. But the podcast is being sponsored this week by Tom Herkinoff for Minster Village Council. Good old Tom, he has decades upon decades upon decades upon decades of experience. (laughs) But if you look at him, it looks like he only has about three decades of experience. He looks pretty good. (laughs) Looks really good in that Minster Village Council car at the Oktoberfest parade every year. I wonder, has he ever run opposed? Hmm, good question. Not likely. Uh, (laughs) But anyway... Tom Herkinoff from Minster Village Council. He's probably as good as most of the other people running. (laughs) And he tells me at my office hours what's been going on at the council meetings that's not in the paper. So I like him. There we go. Dad likes him for the insider information. And he used to run a sports card store. Those people are always good. Sure. (laughs) 
And I'll do my advertisement for um, no political advertising outside of, I don't know, two months before the election, please. Okay, we'll do that in the future. Maybe we'll even ban it all. What do you think? That'd be great. All right. It hereby is put in. All future political ads, banned. If only we could apply that to mainstream media. Uh, yes. <laughs> you know, that's the main reason we got rid of our in-house phone. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have some real research here, Rebecca, coming up. Th- the last bit wasn't research? This is research that I have an actual real answer and it makes and that makes sense. I did I I asked some people in authority and received an answer. Okay. If you look closely at the regions this year, and I'm sure you haven't yet, Rebecca, although Joe Idol has just posted him his 2023 update. He usually doesn't do that till about a week before the season, makes everyone very nervous. <laughs> he has all the schedules for all the teams and all the teams at each division and region up already. People are amazed. But if you look closely, you will see that in the past, they always tried to keep the four regions in each division with about the same number of teams in it. Which makes sense to me. Yep. But there's some this year that's nowhere close. Uh, the worst would be Division 7. Region 25 has 32 teams. Region 26 has 33 Region 27 has 24, and Region 28, 25. So there's a difference of nine teams from the biggest to the smallest there. Hmm. Now, we'll test that three-day-long short-term memory visual, Rebecca. Okay. Perhaps you remember last year, I commented that it seemed like since they went to 16 teams per region, they don't seem to try to even out the number of teams as much as they used to. I'm going to have that? to trust you on that one. Well, if you don't remember, that's okay, since I'm really not sure why I remember. <laughs> so I decided to send an email straight to Bo Rugg. If you might remember, we had as a guest on the podcast about two years ago. Can I make a guess before you answer? Certainly. Do the numbers not matter as much if they're basing the region off of pure geographical area? Like maybe it's less concentrated in region. What number is that? 27 than it is in region 25 wow you are on the ball rebecca i mean if i were a high school i would want to have a region where all my schools are close together yes indeed mr rug is the employee of the ohio high school athletic association who's in charge of the sport of football his reply to me was that i am absolutely correct i mean i'm i'm in quotation marks here now Ooh, okay that the maps tell the story. Ah! Minimizing travel is more important now that they are taking 16 teams per region. Ha! <laughs> Justice so, for the bands who don't want to drive two hours. So instead of to make the numbers even for each region, pull in three teams from an extra 40 minutes away somewhere. <laughs> they decided to just keep them as best they can near each other, cut down those bus rides. As a former band member, I'm guessing you approve of the cutting down of every bus ride possible. Yes, please. So not bad. I actually got a, I actually received a reply straight from the boss. Ooh. Actually, I asked about three questions. He only answered the one. But anyway, <laughs> one out of three isn't bad. Send out a widespread. Eventually something will hit. So if you're looking for somewhere to get lost on the internet these days during the long days of summer before football season starts, 
If you visit BruceBondingComputerPoints.com, you will see a link near the top that has my numerical projection for how all teams in the state will fare in their new divisions and regions. Mm -hmm. We'll get into this a lot more depth-wise during our season preview shows, which will be coming up in, oh, July or August. Yeah, we'll see how on top of it we are. Yeah, we'll see. I think you all enjoy those shows as well as the special guest I believe I have lined up for those shows. So mm. keep an eye on that as the season gets closer to starting. Oh, and just as a totally unrelated to anything else, an unofficial change I have found out for 2023. If you go to high school football games, you've maybe noticed that it seems like whenever there's a first down, the referees put the ball down always with a tip right on a yard line. Right on the 20, right on the 21, and it never seems to be halfway in between. That is actually going to be encouraged for referees this year because it makes it easier to figure out if some team made a first down or not without having to bring out the chains to measure. I imagine that's not going to carry over to uh, college and professional where they've got all the fun, fancy cameras and the drama of the chains coming out. I think I've seen it on college in the last year or two Hmm. also. you know, maybe I people I, liked the intense replays. I've seen some high school games where every play they spot the ball on the yard line, no matter. It makes sense for high school. I like know. that. But I don't see that in college so much because it doesn't matter where it's at on second down or third down, you know. That's true. But I've seen it in college where they start first down right on the line to help figure that out. It makes it easier on the officials. And to be honest, it save some time and some of those college games are getting kind of long yeah and high school games are only get long going to get longer if there's more and more passing <laughs> which i believe they've changed a rule too to uh something about like the colleges and pros do where when you run out of bounds the clock only stops in the last so many minutes of a half or a quarter to oh. try to keep the game moving a little more okay and unofficially to maybe cut down the number of plays and maybe cut down an injury or two Anyway, an unofficial change I've seen for this year is not written into a rule book, but supposedly the referees have been encouraged. Oh, and one last rumor for some people around here. If you believe the internet, and when is it ever wrong, right? Well. <laughs> Perennial Division Seven power, Warren JFK. Now, you remember that name of that school there, Rebecca? Sure, yeah. Sounds um, familiar. They lost to New Bremen in 2020 and 2022 Division Seven title games, and they beat Minster in the 2016 Division Seven title game. So they've been in a lot of title games in the last bunch of years. They seem to have had some sort of coaching administration meltdown there. The coach is gone. Many of the players have transferred to other schools. Maybe you won't be seeing Warren JFK coming out of the other half of the state for a Division Seven state title game this year. If you can believe the internet. Usually depends on the corner of the internet. Yep, depends. That's for sure. I mean, if it's my webpage, you can believe it all the time, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Numbers don't lie most of the time. What is it? Figures don't lie, but liars figure? (laughs) (laughs) Numbers don't lie, but they can be massaged to uh, to kind of influence a little bit here and there. (laughs) And with that, we're going to wrap up this here early June edition of Bruce Modern's Computer Points. As I said again, the big preview show will come up in July or August. Don't be surprised if that's not divided into about two or three episodes because we have 
82 11-man football teams to cover. And, of course, the glory that is eight-man football. Yeah, yeah. We've already given you the Twitter and the Internet. Please, please send us a note sometime. And even more importantly, subscribe to this podcast at Apple iTunes, on iHeartRadio, or now on Amazon Music. Ooh, all we've got left is Spotify. I haven't figured that one out yet. It hasn't really worked very hard either. (laughs) And with that, we're out of here till July. So long, everybody. Bye.